Dollarama is not selling bread where Sobeys is located close by, cutting off one source of cheap bread in Nova Scotia. Man dies in the custody of Winnipeg police, and he's the third police custody death in three months. Man who came to Canada when he was 11 is facing deportation at the age of 27. An attack on a Ukrainian market leaves 17 dead and 32 people dead after attack by the Sudanese army in Omdurman. Good morning. It's Thursday, September 7th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. First to Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia, where the Halifax Examiner starts their investigation into the claim that Sobeys is stopping nearby Dollaramas from selling bread. Journalist Suzanne Rent talks to Mary Wilson, who knows very well where to get the cheapest bread in Dartmouth. It used to be at Dollarama, where she paid $2.50 for a loaf of Wonder Bread. At the Superstore, though, that cost is $3.79. Wilson compares prices at Sobeys, Superstore, Giant Tiger, Costco, Walmart, and Dollarama. To check out Wilson's research on the Sobeys-Dollarama connection, the Halifax Examiner went in search of bread. They found Wonder Bread at the Clayton Park Dollarama for $2.50, the same amount that Wilson said she pays for Dollarama Wonder Bread. At Sobeys, they couldn't find Wonder Bread, but they did get a loaf of compliments bread for $3.29, the cheapest of their three purchased loaves. So they contacted 43 Dollaramas across Nova Scotia to figure out who sells bread and who does not. What they found echoed what Wilson had heard. If a Dollarama shares a property with a Sobeys in the province, they do not sell bread. The Halifax Examiner notes that in some cases, the Crombie REIT, the real estate trust that owns 41.5% of Sobeys parent company, is also the landlord of Dollarama. But landlord or not, the pattern still existed. They found just two Dollaramas in the province that are located in malls where a Sobe is located and that do sell bread, one in Windsor and one in North Sydney. When the Halifax Examiner asked whether one Dollarama location sold bread, the clerk who replied to them at the checkout said no, they can't because they'd be competing with Sobeys, located in the same building as them. Neither Sobeys nor Dollarama answered questions that were posed by the Halifax Examiner about this very peculiar pattern. This story is particularly interesting due to the price-fixing scandal that you will likely remember related to bread. Sobeys was not involved in that, though the owner of Wonder Bread, Weston Industries parent company George Weston Limited, was. And I also want to mention Halifax Examiner. They took this story out of the paywall. Uh, if you are in and around Nova Scotia, you should be subscribing to Halifax Examiner. They do wonderful journalism. Next, a man who was walking into traffic near Maine and Alexander Avenue on Saturday in Winnipeg died in police custody. When police arrived because he was walking in traffic, allegedly, they handcuffed the man, even though the officers believed that he was experiencing a medical emergency. This information was put out in a press release by the Winnipeg police and cited by CBC News. The man was transported to Health Sciences Centre in an ambulance in critical condition. CBC doesn't mention that there has been several in-custody deaths in Winnipeg recently, including another one in the past month. In that case, a man acting erratically was arrested. 
Police became, quote, concerned for the health and well-being of the man, unquote, wrote City News, and he was pronounced dead at Health Sciences Center. I just want to pause. It's interesting how it's written. A police became concerned for the health and well-being of the man. Were they actually concerned or was the health and well-being of the man deteriorating and then they reacted to it? I kind of suspect that the police didn't really care about the health and well-being of the man, but here we have. They were concerned. City News either editorializing or lifting that from the police press release. That article also had no further details. And one month before that, police tased a man who was in a stolen vehicle. That man later died. In a CTV article describing the death, again, there were no further details. Journalists in Winnipeg, come on, people cannot die at the hands of police and you rely only on the account of the police. We need more than that. Now to immigration news. Kimo Montic moved to Canada when he was 11. His family left Jamaica so they could be closer to their family, as most of them were living in Canada. Kimo, today, is 27. He's facing deportation, even though the rest of his family has been allowed to stay in Canada. The article by Olivia Bowden at the CBC highlights the rather arbitrary way that immigration decisions can be made in Canada. His family entered Canada as visitors and then stayed. Details that Kimo didn't know about as a kid. In 2019, his family applied for permanent residence. They used an immigration application counselor who advised Kimo not to apply with them. He's not sure why exactly, but he got the sense that it was because he's no longer considered a dependent because of his age. Kimo applied on his own for status in 2021 and was denied in August 2023. Canada has ordered that Kimo leave Canada by the end of September. Bowden talked to immigration lawyer Adrian Smith, who's not involved in the case, and who said this, quote, At a certain point, just by the sheer amount of time you've been in Canada, establishment is found. 16 years in Canada, I'm shocked to hear that an application like this wasn't approved. He's a Canadian in every sense of the word, except for not having a paper. Kimo's lawyer points out how bizarre it is that his mother was approved, but he was denied, considering that their cases are so similar, with the only difference being that his mother came as an adult and made the decision to come, and he came as a child, and Kimo had no control over his own circumstances. Next to Ukraine, where a Russian strike on a crowded market has killed at least 17 people. The attack happened in the town of Konstantinivka and coincided with a visit of U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The town is 20 kilometers away from the front lines in Donetsk, reports The Guardian. At least 32 people were injured in the attack. Ukraine has said that the attack is proof that Ukraine is making positive advances against Russia. Blinken's visit heralded nearly $300 million more for military help for Ukraine, including depleted uranium shells for the U.S. M1 Abrams tanks that Ukraine is expecting to receive by the end of the year. The weapons are not banned under international law. Vladimir Zelensky has just fired his minister of defense and Ukraine's parliament appointed Rustem Umarov to the position. The former minister, Alexei Reznikov, was fired over corruption scandals linked to the ministry, though it is rumored that he is favored to be the next ambassador to Britain. And finally, from the war that Canada cares about to the war that Canada does not care about, at least 32 people have been killed in Sudan by attacks by the Sudanese army. Al Jazeera says that it is one of the highest death tolls from a single day of fighting since April. The attack happened in West Omdurman in the Ombeda neighborhood. There have been many deadly attacks located there. 
recalled that the civil war is happening between the Sudanese army and the rapid support forces. The RSF controls most of Khartoum, Khartoum North, and Omdurman, but the Sudanese army has more sophisticated weapons, including aircraft. Global Affairs Canada's page about the war in Sudan has not been updated since May 16th, 2023. Those are your headlines for Thursday, September 7th. I'm Nora. Hey, guess what? Guess what I'm doing today? I am heading down to the Conservative Convention in Quebec City that is happening very, very close to where I live. Now, I applied for accreditation to be there. You know, journalists have to do that. I went through their forms and no one replied to me, which is so goofy and childish. They didn't even reject me, though they should have approved me. So with no response on my media application, I'm going to be heading down there. Fingers crossed I get into the room and see what all the buzz is about related to Pierre Polyever. Honestly, I'm looking forward to it. And I really do hope that I get into the convention room because I feel like it's kind of historic and I'd like to be there. But if I'm not in there, I'll be on the sidewalk. So tomorrow morning, I don't know, maybe I'll be talking about the conservative convention and all the things that I was able to see or not. Stay tuned. You're listening to this podcast at sandyandnora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you're having a wonderful day and that that continues until tomorrow.